exclusive Twin Cities source for business and investing news. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. An FBI affidavit justifying the need to search former President Trump's home has been unsealed. The details from White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. The 32-page affidavit is heavily redacted but reveals the seriousness of the government's criminal investigation concerning the improper removal and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces. The FBI sought a search warrant in part because 14 boxes of classified material, including top-secret documents, had already been recovered from Mar-a-Lago. That is White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reporting. The former president says the items were previously declassified. A poll shows most Americans do not trust the media when it comes to political news these days. The latest Rasmussen report survey on the media finds most voters still believe so-called fake news is a serious problem. 62% say the problem is getting worse. This is SRN News. The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410. Or go to learnwithota.com. I'm driving a 2018 Elantra, red, my favorite color. Hi, I'm Rita from St. Paul. Well, when I first walked in, I felt welcomed. And I'd been at a couple other dealerships that uh, I gave an F to. And Justin was the first gentleman to wait on me when I took it in for my first service. And he's been the only person that I've dealt with since then. Can't say enough good things about him. On Christmas Day of last year, I was on the freeway driving home. And all of a sudden, the red light came on and the right front tire was low and the next day i called and justin answered he said only take a look at it and go in the waiting room and, and i'll get back to you they found that there was a huge nail in the tire and so he was able to get that all fixed up and replaced and sent me on my way home Invergrove hyundai was very welcoming service was excellent Invergrove hyundai service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive open 7 a.m to 6 p.m weekdays call them today or schedule your appointment at invergrovehyundai.com What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. 
Well, yes, everybody's made it to campus. First week of classes done here at the university. And welcome to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Um, students around, uh, I will just say it feels busier here. Uh, I imagine uh, people are going to want to talk about student loans. It seems to be the only thing I hear <laughs> in my podcast feed. Student loans, what's, that, what's this all about? That's right. And, but I promised you last week. Because I've actually been holding, holding, uh, holding back like William Wallace, right? Holding back, holding back, waiting to, waiting to uh, get to Jackson Hole, and uh, wanting to talk about uh, talk about what was supposed to be a pretty consequential speech uh, by uh, Chairman Jay Powell, Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve. Um, uh, let me let me do a quick table set for you to be sure I've got I, I, I can help you understand what we're talking about. Just in case you're new to the show, you just have not heard this before. Uh, first of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here because uh, it, it really is. You got lots of choices. It's it's the last Saturday before Labor Day weekend. A lot of people are gone. I've noticed that. Our our restaurants and stores are a little emptier this past week, although the students coming back into town kind of backfills some of what's happening, particularly if you go to the department stores as they realize what they didn't bring from home for their dorm room or apartment. Um, They're a little little chaotic. (laughs) There are a lot of people shopping there. Anyway, uh, a little chaotic. But anyway... uh, this time every year, the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City holds a conference um, at the resort in Jackson Hole. And I'm going to assume that you know what my listeners here on the King Banyan Show know. Jackson Hole is Wyoming. It's Yellowstone. It's the beautiful mountains. It's, it's, a, it's basically a cool resort area where it's usually... Very cool in the morning, 40, 45 degrees, but it warms up to 75 to 80 in the afternoon. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a perfect place if you like, if you like your uh, summer vacations to be westerny and around mountains and so forth. It's just kind of perfect. Uh, anyway, uh, they hold, a, they put on this conference and it is, it is, it is truly a nerd fest. There are lots of different, fairly well, uh, well thought of economists who get to go to Jackson Hole. They present papers. It's not just the Federal Reserve officials. It's also uh, people at other central banks. It's it's uh, academics who research uh, monetary policy. Um, Jackson Hole and uh, the Berkshire Hathaway uh, 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 shareholders meeting are two places that are on my bucket list of things. Things I really have to go see. I want to go to a Jackson Hole event. I'm hoping one of these years uh, uh, the, the station decides, yeah, we'll give you a press pass to go there. I mean, I, I'm not holding my breath that they'll give me a plane ticket or a hotel room, but I, I mean, I can figure out other ways to pay for that. I just need a press pass so I can, I can get through the front door, doggone it, and uh, be able to. And, and, and walk around with press credentials. So I can just see, hear, report. Who knows? Maybe we would actually do a call-in from, from Jackson Hole or Omaha. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, but it's it's a big deal. 
And in many years, Jackson Hole is the place where, you know, chair, where the Federal Reserve chair going back to Alan Greenspan, I don't think they had this before, I want to say early 1990s. I think it was before Tom Honig, but, but at the, it was the president before Tom Honig that started this. But during Honig's presidency and now during President George's president, during President George's uh, term, uh, they do this every year. I think they had to skip 2020 because of COVID. Um, and the f- chair of the Fed comes out and speaks and says, hey, here's what, he, and, and makes some speech. Normally these speeches, if you've ever listened to a Jay Powell speech, they're usually pretty long. Uh, they typically run 20 to 30 minutes. They typically are pretty m- monotonic in his um, sort of like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to raise my voice no matter what. He's a well-trained, Tony, you know, Chevy Chase, Maryland kind of guy. Um, and and so you, you sort of have these expectations about what he's going to do. And to give you some idea of that, I wanted to play first for you a couple of the preview pieces, one by a Fed official, one by a, by a well-respected professor and one of these guys who I don't think actually went out to Jackson Hole this year, but I know he's been there because I've read papers he's given at the Jackson Hole Conference. Their papers are always posted at the Kansas City Fed website. Uh, I read them pretty pretty faithfully from year to year. I haven't I actually haven't done that yet. But sometime either tonight or tomorrow or Monday, because I'm taking vacation on Monday, uh, I will sit down and once we get once we get through the first week of classes, I usually need like 24 hours of <sighs> great. OK, good. Everybody's in place. Uh, and so I do that. So this is Jeremy Siegel, a retired professor from the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, he's a finance prof, but an economist. And he was talking about what he thought his expectations would be of what Powell would say. This was cut number one. I think he will not indicate whether it's 50 or 75. There's just too much data that we still have to uh, get before then. I think the market is almost 50-50 on between a 50 basis point and 75. Um, I know that Bullard is among the most hawkish of the members of the FOMC. He has almost always been over the last few years. I've had the opportunity to interview him uh, many times. Um, uh, but I was surprised that in, in the last meeting, there was uh, unanimity. There was no dissents on uh, the 75 basis point uh, increase. It'll be interesting to see whether there are in uh, the September meeting. Indeed, uh, Jim Bullard was very hawkish he was on cnbc wearing a uh, wearing a, a a baseball cap <laughs> it's it's a very it's a very casual thing okay people usually are open collared uh central bankers probably are required to wear a, a a sport coat of some kind so i i think he had a sport coat on most of the people i saw i had uh, most of the men were wearing sport coats that i saw uh, but Bullard was on on CNBC actually before uh, Powell's speech, and he had he had this to say: cut number ten. I think I said three seventy five to four okay. uh, is is my target for this year, oh. uh, for the end of this year. And I like the front loading. I like I like the idea that you get the rate increases in 
uh, earlier rather than later. We've got inflation right now. Uh, we've got a strong labor market right now. Uh, it seems like a good time to get to the right neighborhood for the funds rate. And in, indeed, uh, he indeed he wants to get there uh, faster. And, and then, and I'll hold back on what Bullard said. We'll hold the rest of it. But he three seventy five to four was well above even Thursday morning of this week. It was well above what the market expected. The odds of getting to three seventy five to four were running about eight to one against with most of the betting being on either 325 to 350 or 350 to 375. We're currently at 225 to 250, so people were thinking four more quarter-point bumps. Maybe they would do two plus one plus one. Maybe they would do three plus one plus one. Maybe they would do two plus two plus one. There are a variety of ways to get there, but they were looking at that. And if you go back and look at our Twitter feed using the hashtag pound KBRS uh, for King Banyan Radio Show, you will see that I've posted that history of what was there a week ago, what was there Thursday night, and what was there Friday night, last night, Friday night. Uh, we're recording this for you here on Saturday morning. If you're listening to us live, fantastic. Um, this is a great... This is a great, uh, uh, this the, you know, this is a, this is a great place to be, particularly if you're interested in the Fed. But they were very, very sure about what it was uh, they wanted to say. And so Powell comes out, and and I'm going to play the clips after the break, but I just want to set the tone for you, right? So there's been a lot of buildup to you know the oracle of. The, the the oracle of Constitution Avenue was going to come down to the come to the mountain uh, at at Jackson Hole and deliver this big speech. The speech was under ten minutes. <laughs> there, I mean, you could tell. I'm watching some of the uh, some of the activity because I had time. Uh, I had. I, had a, I actually had a meeting at nine, but I had two recorders running, one for CNBC, one for Bloomberg uh, Television, and you could and and both of them, both of them played back when I was watching them last night. The faces of the hosts on the two on the two channels were sort of like, "Wait, he's done. It's over." Yeah, my my timer. My timer set the end of the the speech at eight minutes and twenty three seconds. I maybe I'm off a little bit, but it was less than nine minutes. Okay, heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. He got to go all the way there and 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 traveled for a for a nine minute speech. I think that's fine in this sense. If you still believe that the market hangs on every word, make every word count, and don't say more than you absolutely have to, is a really good communication strategy. Don't say a word more than you need to, but say everything you need to say. Okay, here's my, here's my, my view of the speech, generally speaking. He probably did everything he needed to do. He probably didn't do as much as a lot of people wanted him to do, but he needed to get something fixed in market expectations. And I do believe he got that fixed. I think he got that fixed yesterday. I, the short of it is I think the Fed had let 
let simmer for quite some time this idea that maybe they would only go, maybe they wouldn't go 75, maybe they go 50 and then 25 and 25, and they would stop with a 325 to 350 expectation for the December rate, the end of year Fed funds rate. Okay? I think they've put that to bed. Uh, and I think Jay Powell uh, pretty much pretty much did, if that was the, that if that was it, that they, okay, but they actually tried to do a lot more than that, and you need to understand what that means, particularly if you're living in the investment world and you're thinking about what your investments are going to be for next year. You probably need to think about exactly what got said yesterday. And we're going to do that all for you right after this on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stack. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air Force. proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. You think a lot about your family, your friends, your favorite things to do, but you know what you don't think about? Who's your plumber? Hi, I'm Kayla from Champion Plumbing, and it's okay if the only time you think of us is when something happens, like your water heater quits on you. At Champion Plumbing, we can usually install a new water heater same day. Who's your plumber? Don't think, just call. Champion Plumbing, online at championplumbing.net. That's championplumbing.net. 
Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Get. <laughs> My wife is texting me and she seems to enjoy, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, Pirate Day where you have uh, where you talk like a pirate. Um, my wife seems to think that's 365 days of the year. I'm not sure why she thinks that's so funny, but she does. Also, uh, just happened to show up in my Twitter feed. The top 20 songs on this date in 1972, 50 years ago. Okay. Uh Daniel, uh, get a listen to a few of these. I got my pen and Brandy, paper ready. Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. Horrible song. Awful. <laughs> Putrid. Alone Again Naturally. Even worse. Um, Long Cool Woman by The Hollies, which was, was a pretty good song, I have to say. I'm Still in Love with You by Al Green. God bless Al Green. Uh, may, may his name be praised throughout all the lands. Uh, and then, and then I will note, uh, rising with a bullet along with, I'm still in love with you by Al Green was hold your head up by Argent. You may consider that a request. <laughs> That's Rod Argent and Chris White, uh, who wrote that. That was one of my, that was, this is, you're talking about the summer of my, between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And, and I mean, this was the song that I would dive to the radio when it came on and crank up to 11. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, what else is on this list that I don't want to, I don't have time to go through the entire list. Oh, rock and roll part two by Gary glitter was rising up the charts that, that, that week, uh, number 17. Uh, uh, but there are some, there's some absolutely hideous songs on this list. Um, one of these days, uh, Mitch Berg, uh, uh, Brad Carlson, uh, I don't know if we'll let Jack into this story, but uh, and we'll invite, of course, Ed Morrissey from uh, from from his Texas compound to join us um, to do maybe the worst songs, and maybe we pick just a single year. 1972 would be a good year. There were so many really great songs and some really hideous songs that year. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call questions and comments. Let's get to the speech. It was only nine minutes. We pulled out a about three minutes of it for you to hear that we've that we've cut into a, a group of uh, different pieces the first is usually what you want to hear him say what he want to say so it's interesting first that that he very quickly throws a lot of cold water on the on the belief that the economy is softening he's frankly not having any of that cut number two while the latest economic data have been mixed, in my view, our economy continues to show strong underlying momentum. The labor market is particularly strong, but it is clearly out of balance, with demand for workers substantially exceeding the supply of available workers. Inflation is running well above 2 percent, and high inflation has continued to spread through the economy. While the lower inflation readings for July are certainly welcome, a single month's improvement falls far short of what the committee will need to see before we are confident that inflation is moving down. 
Now, unless you were living under a rock, you know the the market lost about three percent, depending on which in, or a little more, a little less, depending on which index you're following. Um, I'm gonna. I haven't tried to pinpoint the moment. I haven't. I don't have a a live clock going against against a uh, ticker, but I'm willing to bet that this is the moment where everyone's like, mm, ah, mm, I don't think, I don't think he's going to give us what we want. Um, um, and if if to make the point abundantly clear, he is he is uh, th- there's no dancing around what he says next. Cut number three. In current circumstances, with inflation running far above 2% and the labor market extremely tight, estimates of longer-run neutral are not a place to pause or stop. That is a direct response to the Larry Summers, Olivier Blanchard, and some other folks who say, why does he keep talking about, about a neutral rate around 25 to 3%? And, and indeed... Um, Indeed, we'll hear this in some of the other cuts, but I want to make sure you get all of Powell here. The Fed has been trying to tell people, look, there's two neutrals. There's a short-run neutral and a long-run neutral. And when we talk about neutral, normally we're talking about that long-run number. But the short-run number can be higher, and the question is, why are they different? And we're going to get to that explanation. It actually shows up later in this speech. But... In terms of trying, so everyone hears that, and they're probably now leaning in to say, okay, so you're going to tell me now whether the next one's 50 or 75? Well, here's what he says right after that. Cut number four. July's increase in the target range was the second 75 basis point increase in as many meetings, and I said then that another unusually large increase could be appropriate at our next meeting. We are now about halfway through the intermeeting period, our decision at the September meeting will depend on the totality of the incoming data and the evolving outlook. At some point, as the stance of monetary policy tightens further, it likely will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases. So two things within that. One, he's saying we haven't made up our mind on how big an increase will be. Um, but he's just said we're not at a place to stop or pause. So he's been very clear we're going to keep going. He's been very clear that that one that one one reading from July on inflation isn't enough to isn't near he says falls far short of what the committee will need. Is there any real question at this point that he's accepted the Jim Bullard um argument for 75? He says, yeah, look, I'm going to get more data. And you'll hear some other some of the other Fed officials who were at the meetings um, talking here in a bit. And, and there's at least one who's like, well, I, I need a who's trying to make sure, hey, look, if we get some really interesting data that shows the slowing of the economy is significant and we get another something close to zero on inflation. I might be tempted to go back toward uh, 50 rather than 75. They, they're leaving themselves a little wiggle room. But if you had to bet now, well, the markets have already placed their bets. Before the speech, before the speech, it was about 50-50 on, on whether or not they would go. It was actually slightly in favor of the 50 basis point increase at like 53 to 47 percent. 
Now it's running about three to two in favor of a 75 basis point increase. That's the move. And when that move happens, along with it comes the move that along with it comes the move in the markets that you see. Higher interest rates mean that that stream of dividends that you're planning on or those that income that you're going to receive on your investments is being discounted to present value as a smaller number because you're dividing it by a higher discount rate. Therefore, the markets are going to fall. The market was leaning a little bit too much toward toward the possibility that it would be only a 50 basis point increase, and the market has had to pivot this week. And that is, in fact, what they wanted. Um, he then says one more thing, which I thought was very interesting. Right after he says this, uh, the stance of monetary policy tightens further. It will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases. He then says this right afterward. Remember, this is a prepared speech. He's reading from a text. He's not taking questions. There's, the press are not given the opportunity to explore what he's thinking. He's just giving this speech. Cut number five. Restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive policy stance for some time. The historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. Committee participants' most recent individual projections from the June SEP showed the median federal funds rate running slightly below 4% through the end of 2023. Participants will update their projections at the September meeting. All right. It's that last piece I wanted. That's that last little sentence I wanted you to hear. Participants will update their projections at the September meeting. What does that mean? It means people are reading a lot into the June SEP and using that still as being being a statement of what policy will be. He's reminding them, look, in, a, in less than four weeks, we're coming out with a new set of projections. They're going to be updated. They're going to have more information. They will contain that zero reading on July, but they'll also include that half a million new jobs created in July, net new jobs created in July. It'll include the August data, okay? Because both, both the unemployment rate and the and both the unemployment rate and CPI for August will be known to them when they when they put in their projections. You are then going to have to expect that the Fed is going to respond to those it's going to post information uh that at least in my reading i gotta think is actually going to go above that indeed i'm going to go we're going to go a little bit past the bottom of the hour i want to play the uh the uh a second cut from jim bullard um uh talking that kind of hints at what he's thinking about writing down for those projections this is cut 11 daniel yeah, I think the front-loading idea is that you, first of all, you show you're serious about inflation fighting, and uh, you you want to get up to the level that will put downward pressure on inflation. Right. So, front-loading meaning I'm going to go faster, and then there's more to it than that. There's going to be more of uh, uh, holding on for a while. We're going to play a little bit more of that, and some of the other uh, Federal Reserve officials. Uh, I've got cuts from uh, 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 Atlanta Fed uh, President Bostic, uh, Philly Fed President Harker, and 
uh, Cleveland Fed President Mester, they were all there. They were all, it, it, it's the big confab, their summer retreat, and it's how you find out what the Fed is thinking at that moment. Um, I will, I will be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. There's a port on a western bay and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away. All of us come from somewhere. All of us have origin stories. From executive producer Larry Elder. Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans. And director Justin Malone. When I was growing up, we were never taught that America was bad. We were raised to love America. Comes the continuation of their 2020 hit film, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom Part 2, an American odyssey. Available on Salem Now. Pro-life across America, the billboard people. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the billboard If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-457-9220. 800-457-9220. That's 800-457-9220. Step into Red Wing Shoes this season for a comfortable pair of waterproof footwear. They feature safety toe and regular toe work boots and shoes. Let their friendly fit experts find you the right footwear for your job in the right size. Remember, Red Wing also carries accessories, polish, socks, inserts, and more. Don't forget to ask about their mobile shoe service where they bring the store to you. Visit Red Wing Shoes in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. Yeah.
Wait for it. That is good music. Fifty years ago. All right, whoever's doing Mitch's show needs to play this for him. And tell him it came from King. You may be surprised to hear I've actually heard this song. Yes, but you're ignorant about Monty Python, so no <laughs> points for you. No points for you. I'll take a wash. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, that is that is Hold Your Head Up by Argent, uh, which is which I really do think is maybe it was probably my favorite song of 1972, and I had a lot. I mean, Chicago, Grand Funk Railroad, Three Dog I mean, I loved all of that stuff. But in terms of a single, I don't think I played anything more than this. And I don't think I ever bought the entire, the entire album. I think I just had the single, at least in my memory. Do you, have you ever seen, Marshall, of course, will know what I'm talking about. But Daniel, have you ever seen a single? I, not visibly. I'll, I mean, I I know what a single is, but I haven't seen one. All right. Okay. So on a disc, it's for, it's a forty five RPM. So it plays at a different speed. Turntables came with different speeds, and you played the you played the singles at a faster speed. Um, and they would be on a disc that was I don't know what were they six seven inches in diameter, with a larger hole in the middle. The not the spindle like the albums, but it had a larger hole and. People used to have adapters that they would drop onto their spindles so that they could hold the singles. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I probably had three dozen singles around my, and, you know, so every four minutes you're getting up off the bed to go put a different single on your, on your turntable. Um, unless you had one of those with the arm where they dropped, but of course those uh, scratched up your record so you didn't do that. All right, enough of that. But, ah, oh, I love that stuff. Um, that's how I got into radio, people. That's what I started. I, 1975, I'm a freshman at St. Anselm College, and I discovered there's a radio station. I go in and look at a person playing something and hear it hear it in another building, and I'm like, I'm hooked. i got to do this. Anyway, um, we got to get back to Powell and, 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 and the Minions, um, since, we're all, since we're all talking about Minions these days. Um, the uh, so Paul delivers the message, and I mean he's delivered it quickly. I need you to understand everything I played for you was done before four minutes of this less than nine minute speech is done. So there is no drifting off, no mistaking, no wandering. He is just boom. Here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my point. Right. My point is we haven't seen anywhere near enough about inflation. We're going to keep on going. Make no mistake. And now the rest of the speech, the other less than five minutes, is basically giving you three reasons why they're going to do this. Or he calls them three lessons that they've learned about both high and volatile inflation in the 1970s and 80s, which is which is it's part of why I'm playing 19. Why I've asked him to play some 1972 music. This is the era in which the inflation that they're comparing this to happened. And, and so first, first lesson he talks about is that 
we are responsible for delivering low and stable inflation even when we don't think it's our fault. Right? Even when we don't think it's necessarily because of what, what we did. So, yes, is he, is he trying to avoid responsibility? Yeah, but there's a lot of research that's happening out there that suggests that the supply chain issues have been a significant contributing factor to inflation. They're not all of it. We would certainly have excess inflation even if in, in the absence of the supply, supply chain issues. And maybe they're 40%, maybe they're 60%, maybe they're 20%. I don't know um, how you're going to assign weights of blame, but there's blame to go around. So, and he says this pretty clearly. Let's play this cut number six. The longer the current bout of high inflation continues, the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. Oops, that was not the one I was thinking. Probably want seven. Uh, go backward one. The... Restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive policy stance. Nope. For... That's that's not it. Um, so uh, there was one that there was one that should be about doing math quickly in my head. Never a good idea. Thirty nine seconds. One yeah. we've played already. Okay. Because uh, we're on... no, no, we haven't played it yet. Okay, gotcha. so let me let me skip forward. Uh, let me let me just let me just read this piece to you. I'm going to just so I, our responsibility to deliver price stability is unconditional. Powell said, "It's true that current high inflation is a global phenomenon, and that many economies around the world face inflation as high or higher than seen here in the United States." That, by the way, was a little slap at Paul Krugman. It is also true, in my view, that the current high inflation in the United States is the product of strong demand and constrained supply, and that the, that the Fed's tools work principally on aggregate demand, which is actually, I think, a slap at the White House, because the White House is sort of like, oh, these supply chain things are really bad, bad for us. None of this, here's the point, none of this diminishes the Federal Reserve's responsibility to carry out our assigned task of achieving price stability. There is clearly a job to do in moderating demand to better align with supply. We are committed to doing that job. Now, I will say, that's new. He really didn't seem to be saying that eight months ago. But I will give him credit for saying it now. It would better if he said it eight months ago. We could have avoided some of this. And Don asked via Twitter, do you think Powell may have noticed the additional $1 trillion plus dollars of unfunded fiscal inflationary fuel the Biden administration just dumped on the economy? I don't think there's any question that they believe their job's a little bit harder now. How much harder it is? What's the impact of uh, the student loan debt piece on that? I don't know. We're going to talk about that a little bit, I think. We're going to have a guest on, Tom DiLorenzo, a professor from uh, Loyola University in Baltimore. Uh, he's just root, written a book called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Economics. Um, I don't know if you're a follower of the PIG series or the Politically Incorrect Guide series. They typically are quite fun. They have, a, they have an ideological slant to them, uh, but they're fun to read. Uh, and I would, I would encourage you to... Uh, I encourage you to stick around for the next hour because uh, we're going to have we're going to have uh, Professor DiLorenzo on to talk about that. So let's skip ahead, and I'm going to have you repeat the piece that you just just played. So the second reason he he says we have to act now uh, is that 
their concern is really about in variable inflation. So let's go ahead and play, play that same cut again, cut number six. The longer the current bout of high inflation continues, the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. And the point on that is, the point he makes is this phrase uh, of rational inattention, which is a piece, uh, which is a piece of theory that comes out of a, of a paper written about 12 years ago by Chris Sims, um, saying that when inflation is low, we typically don't have to take it into our thinking about the world. And so we don't become as sensitive to various changes, and we're willing to live with we're willing to live with variations inflation between one and two percent that's okay and and, you know and i've talked i I keep getting asked why is it two percent not one or zero it's like well they think that deflation is harmful and in fact potentially more harmful than inflation that's in that zero to two percent area and people typically respond pretty easily People respond to a slight increase in their wage each year. If I get a 2% wage each year, I feel a little better about my job. I'm a little less willing to quit. That's kind of the, the direction in which they're going. Um, but his point is, if I keep inflation down, it will. And I, and I keep expectations around 2%, that's going to give us a little more room for maneuver when we run into, say, a bout of inflation from a supply cho- shock or something else. It's, this is a very interesting point he's making. But I want to play quickly these last two, this last cut here, um, uh, uh, which is to say we need to do it now because it's only going to cost us more to do it later. This should be cut number seven. The successful Volcker disinflation of the early 1980s followed multiple failed attempts to lower inflation over the previous 15 years. A lengthy period of very restrictive monetary policy was ultimately needed to stem high inflation and to start the process of getting inflation down to the low and stable levels that were the norm until the spring of last year. Our aim is to avoid that outcome by acting with resolve now. In other words, I don't want to go through the Volcker thing because uh, um, if you go read uh, Secrets of the Temple, uh, um, Bill Greeter's uh, fantastic volume about the Volcker disinflation um, it was written in the early 1980s. Highly recommend the book. Highly recommend the book. Um, probably the best book about Volcker as a Fed chair that was written. Um, I think, yeah, I, 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 I'm willing to stand by that. Uh, the, um, it, was, it was very painful for the Fed. Very painful. But this is the point we're trying to make is if I don't do it now, I'm going to have to do something more to it later. And that's going to be a lot of pain. And we don't want to go through that pain. So I wanted. So let's stop here. That's pretty much it. So he starts there and then he has a wrap up paragraph. And that was it. That's all he said. And now you know it all. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the biz 1440. Bring out your Spending my day. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. Seven 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, and we're from Oakdale. Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Brighten someone's day with a free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. You know, we might just do 1972 music for the rest of the year. I think it'd be fine. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for joining us. At the top of the hour, uh, Thomas DiLorenzo, author of a brand new book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Economics, will be here. Uh, you don't want to miss this. Um, this this could be a lot of fun, a uh, whole lot of fun. But um, let me – so – Powell gives a speech, and as I mentioned, I played some Bullard from pre before the speech was given. This was Patrick Harker, who was kind of hinting at what was coming. Let's play this cut number eight. Yeah, I don't know exactly yet, because the data needs to let that play out. But we need to get to a restrictive stance, which we'll do by the end of the year. 
And then we need to see how things turn out. That is, we, we don't need to rush way up and then way down. We need to go up and sit for a while and let things play out. And that was really, I think, what tripped the markets was not so much Powell's speech. They were really hinting at this early on. That was the Harker comment. That holding is contrary to what the market had anticipated. The market, anti- the just using, uh, if you go to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and you look at their countdown to FOMC page, which keeps track of the Fed Fund's futures market and implied probabilities for the interest rates from the Fed Fund's rate uh, in the future, what they had said basically was that we were going to go to like 350 to 375, but by the end of 20, by, by the middle of 2023, we would be 25 to 50 basis points lower than that. And what Harker was saying was, hey, for 2023, you should probably expect uh, you should probably expect something slightly different. He continues. Cut number nine. I'd like to see us get to, say, above 3.4. The med- That was the last median in the SAP. And then maybe sit for a while. But if the data says we need to keep increasing, we keep increasing. We've got to get inflation under control. That is job one. Loretta Mester, the Cleveland Fed uh, chair, was also was also hitting the circuits. And you could have found people on CNBC, on on Bloomberg, on uh, on Yahoo Finance, uh, they are all over the place. But uh, let's hit this one as well. Cut number twelve. I mean, I want to wait until the data comes in. I mean, we're, as the markets assume, it's going to be fifty or to seventy-five. You know, that's where my head is. It's going to be one of those two. But I do think that we're going to have to move interest rates up from current levels. And and what does she mean? And what does she mean by that? She actually gets a little more explicit about how she's reading the data, cut number 13. I think we're going to have to move them up, and this is based on just my current read of the data, above 4%, and probably need to hold them there next year. So, in other words, move them up to slightly above 4% um, sometime early next year, and then just keep them there in order to get this inflation under control and back down to 2%. Right now, nobody in the market is holding a contract that, pays if the Fed funds rate in December is is 4% or above. There is no contract for that. And she just told you there is. The Fed is really trying to tell you they're getting very serious about this. Now, there is one person who's still, you know, and and has been fairly consistently on the softer side of this, and this is uh, President Rafael Bostic. He's the president at the Atlanta Federal Reserve. He too was out there, uh, out there talking at, at Jackson Hole and had this to say: "Cut 16." If it comes in strong and starts t- strong, as if there's no change, I'll probably be leaning 75. If it comes in slowing, like we've seen today, that's the first piece of evidence. I'll probably lean to 50. And what piece of evidence was he in fact looking at? Is what what you might be asking? Uh, and and. And that was the personal income numbers that came in at a fairly low number of two-tenths percent. Um, Private wages were up uh, significantly, and government transfer payments were actually negative uh, for the month. Um, If you strip out the the government transfer payments in the past year, uh, personal income up 7.6%, wages and salaries in the last year up 11%. Uh, consumption is up 8.7% from a year ago, 
and was up just a modest 0.1% uh, in the month. That's what he's referring to. He's saying that personal consumption number was, in fact, a pretty easy number for them. Um, and they didn't need, they did not necessarily feel like uh, that, w- that was a sign that the economy was overheating. And so he's going to make the case that, hey, we might have done enough. So th- there's possibility that there's going to be some dissent coming out of the Fed meeting in September, but you really can't make up your mind on this for a few weeks. We're going to get the we're going to get the unemployment data this coming week, and we're of course going to report that to you on Job Saturday next Saturday on Labor Day weekend here on the King Banyan Show. Then there's inflation data that will come out about uh, ten days after that. We'll get you we'll get you that information as well, and then the Fed meets right after that, and that's we're going to that's. That's when we're going to see it. But what he's saying is, I want some optionality. Bostic is still not quite bought into 75, but he says, if the data continues the way it's coming, you can bet on he's Even he's willing to say 75. And there's been nobody softer on this question, I think, than President Bostic at this moment. And I mean, I don't mean that as derogatory. I mean simply that a 50, a 50 basis point increase is not is not a dovish position. Anyway... Tom DiLorenzo joining us after this, the the politically incorrect guide to economics here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. How would you like to redecorate your office or home with beautiful Minnesota photographs for half the regular price? This station is partnered with award-winning Twin Cities photographer Wayne Moran for this special half-price offer. Choose $5,000 of Wayne's iconic images and you'll pay half price, just $2,500. There's only one of these special redecorating offers available. So call the radio station now at 651-289-4413. That's 651-289-4413. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, this is Randy with Arby's Computer Service. You have heard me advertise on this and other stations for years and have trusted us for your IT needs, and I thank you for that. We now have an immediate need for a network server tech in our organization. If you or someone you know has a year or more business experience supporting these environments and is looking to work for a company like ours, I would like to speak with you. We are very competitive with other large companies for pay and benefits, including health and retirement planning. But because we are smaller, our environment is friendly and more flexible than some of the larger IT companies. You can do your job, and it can actually be fun doing so working for us. Call me today to determine if you have the requirements for the position so we can move forward and you can become part of our team. We can be reached at 763-441-3884, or you can email me, randy at rbsmn.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children to get half off it's a no-brainer hi i'm jeff hi i'm trish his better half and we're from oakdale we wanted a strong christian school with conservative values the half off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family i asked the station several times to make sure that i understood that there weren't strings attached and, and there were no strings attached the impact on our kids has been amazing their critical thinking is stronger and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can 
make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Are you tired of bouncing over your sunken apron into your garage, shoveling snow off an uneven driveway, or stubbing your toe on your uneven sidewalk? Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We can fix your settled concrete with a more permanent solution than mud jacking. Expert Concrete Raising uses a high-density polyurethane foam. It doesn't deteriorate, shrink, or wash away over time. Get it done right the first time. For a free estimate, contact a second-generation concrete raising business at expertconcreteraising.com. That's Expert Concrete. The biz-